Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Loman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Gail Doan and Jorgen Davidson. How's it going today Gail and Jorgen? Very well. I'm coming from snowy Utah actually. I'm uh, here in northern Colorado, so snowy as well. Snowy all around. I I like this. I am in the exact opposite of the snow territory. I'm over in Hawaii, so it's nothing but sunshine and palm trees and all that good stuff. But snow is beautiful to look at. I wish one of you were sitting next to a window so I could be maybe watching it fall or if it's still in that beautiful stage. (laughs) Oh, there we go. I got you right there. look at that. Look at that. I love it. Well, let's just get the ball rolling. Let's give our listeners an elevator pitch style version of who you are and what you do. And I don't know if you want to do this individually or if one of you want to wants to take it and we kind of, you know, go off of each other. Um, but I'll let you guys take the lead. Gail, why don't you go ahead and take this one? Okay. I'll, I'll start with, um, I guess, who we are and and a overview of what we do. I live in the heirloom sewing world, and that is a term that most people aren't going to have the first idea what it even is. It's a very niche market in the very big sewing world. And um, if you can sort of visualize the kind of clothes that the uh, uh, British royal family tends to dress their little boys and girls in. You will often see hand smocked dresses. You'll see, um, French hand sewing. You'll see hand embroidery. Um, that's, that's the lane that I have lived in for the last 40 years of my life. I'm just, um, the minute I really saw what it was all those years ago, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I have a seven children, so I've had lots of opportunity to dress children. And um, it's just been a lifelong passion. So forward to spring of 2020, COVID hits. Um, my livelihood has been um, traveling to different events to teach this form of needlework. And, um, with COVID hitting, I saw a year and a half of booked work disappear in about a three week time frame. So it was pretty, I mean, COVID was upsetting, but that was really upsetting because it, it just ended my ability to make a living. And 
So there was a little bit of sadness and panic and not really knowing what to do. And um, we were a pretty tight-knit group. Um, Jorgen's, I only have one brother. He's his youngest son. Um, he has lots of skills in the advertising world. And he quite graciously stepped in and just said, well, let's put our heads together and see if we can come up with something that can maybe generate some some income. That that was the initial goal is to basically pay the rent and keep the lights on. And within hmm, three or four months, um, we realized that there is a whole big demographic of people out there and a very underserved market. And these online classes um, took off. And it was based on Jorgen selecting the Kajabi platform. I love it. Jorgen, maybe you can be more of a little bit of a technical fill in there, but um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe I skipped over quite a bit. <laughs> um, I can I can kind of pick up where you where you left off, Gail. So when when we um, I had always known that Gail had somewhat of a following. You know, we're fa- friends on Facebook, and I would see her post things about sewing. And there were a lot of women who were really really engaged in the content that she would post on social media. So I, I recognized that, and I always kind of thought in the back of my head, you know it seems like there's something here. Um, and my background is marketing, um, marketing technology, um, and marketing more broadly. And, and, and I'd always kind of thought, you know, I feel like there's, there's more that she could be doing particularly online, um, with the engagement that she has. And so, and so I think COVID kind of, kind of forced that into reality. Right. And so, uh, what, what we did to get started is, is we got a Kajabi account, we set up one web page with an email opt-in and we started blasting out on social media and saying, Hey, you know, uh, the world's in a crazy state right now and we need things that make us feel normal. And so like we, you know, for, for the sewing community, we need our sewing classes. We need our sewing projects. We need our sewing friends. That sense of community is what we need at a time like this. And so, uh, you know, Hey, this is Gail and and I'm not going to be stopped by the pandemic. I'm going to be online and and I'm going to be here. And if you're interested you know, come to this webpage and sign up. And, and pretty quickly, um, we had an email list with a thousand people who had signed up, um, who knew Gail or had heard about Gail starting to teach online. And so that came up, kind of gave us the initial foothold we needed. Um, the first product we took to market, um, we actually didn't sell it on Kajabi. Um, we just were gonna, we just did live classes face to face on Zoom, essentially replicating what would have been done in an in person environment. Uh, we, our initial phone call to kind of start talking about all this was May. Uh, we launched our first set of classes July 1st to that email list of a thousand people. And it was 20 classes or sorry, it's five classes with 20 spots each. So it was a hundred registrations and that sold out in 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did you know that you were that popular, Gail? <laughs> no, I, we were picking ourselves up off the floor, actually. Um, you know, we, we hoped to have a few people interested but as quickly as those classes filled up was an absolute shock for sure to me. And I think really to all of us. Yeah. And, and so in, in those first 24 hours, we did about $20,000 of revenue 
Um, and that, that greatly expanded our brain to say, wow, we're not even like, what, what is even possible here? Like we, we had no concept that, that we could go this far, this fast. Yeah. Talk about product market fit, but just, uh, like rolling backwards, there's so many elements to the story that I absolutely love. Uh, one of those things just fairly like prior to even launching an online business, it's pretty clear to me that you were an entrepreneur, like you were, you were out there, you were you made made your own living through your own efforts, through your own labor. Did you consider yourself an entrepreneur uh, when you were doing things offline, uh, or how did you how did you look at yourself? Um, certainly not. That word entre- entrepreneur seems a, like sort of a modern thing, kind of a young person thing. Um, uh, you know, I was a single mom trying to make ends meet, and the travel was grueling, to be honest. Um, and sewing people like their stuff. Like we like to have lots of stuff and we like to have it available to us when we're working. So when you try and transport all that stuff, it just becomes this sort of logistical nightmare. So no, I thought I had a job and I was, you know, proud of that. And, um, but the travel was, was brutal and, and it was um, sort of hit and miss. I kept my schedule pretty full, but I, you are at the mercy of other people, um, other schedules, um, in and out of hotels and sometimes staying in private homes and um, lots of complications. So, no, I did not think of myself as an entrepreneur at all in those days. And I had no sense of the opportunity that going online would present. It sounds like maybe Jorgen was maybe kind of key in uh, bringing that together. So maybe we could just talk a little bit about like the inception. I know we touched on this briefly, but let's dig into that a little bit more. Jorgen, you saw an opportunity based upon the engagement. Did you like, when did you know that this was going to be a course? Did that come before or maybe after you had already conducted a few live classes? Yeah. So, um, so I could kind of walk you through the, the journey of our product development. So, so the easiest thing starting off the bat was to just replicate what Gail was comfortable doing. Right. And that was teaching a, a small group. Um, we could do that on zoom. People got pretty comfortable with zoom really fast. Um, but, but it was immediately clear to me after those first 24 hours, when we sold out that our demand was out of balance with our supply, right? If we, if we had had 150 spots or 200 spots, you know, maybe we could have sold those out in 24 hours. And so, um, so we, we did, we did two rounds of live classes like that. And then I said to Gail, what we really ought to do is, uh, is teach a class in more of a webinar style where your video is on, nobody else's video is on, and uh, the registra- there's no cap on registration. We can sign up as many people as, are, as would be willing to come and take this class. And so we planned like a four-hour Saturday morning deep dive on a, on a topic called French Hand Sewing by Machine. Um, and Gail spent a ridiculous amount of time prepping the content, um, but we were able to kind of test, test the demand. And we ended up selling uh, around 275 registrations to that, uh, Saturday morning class. And so that, so that Saturday morning class is now that one class is going to do, you know, close to, or as much revenue as five classes were. And, and, and that again, our brains expanded about what was really possible and what, what the capacity of this business could look like going forward. 
I mean, that's uh, so far, it sounds like a lot of things really fell into place for you. And I don't I mean, I don't want to brush over or skip out on any if there's there's more to that. But at the same time, I know that every journey starts with its challenges. Can you can you talk about some of the struggles associated with getting this business up and running? Um, Well, (laughs) probably Jorgen's biggest struggle is me. When we were, we, none of us live in the same place. So we have a Sunday night meeting, which has just turned into the best possible thing. It's, it's just, we've always been a tight group, but this has just elevated that times 10. But anyway, Jorgen will pitch an idea and my immediate response is, Oh, we can't do that. And, and he sits on it for a few days and then it comes back to, well, yeah, maybe we'll try that. And um, none of this would have happened without, um, well, we're a good match made in heaven. I've got all this. And I used to be really uncomfortable saying this, but I'm, I'm just going to blurt it out. I have a really strong skill set in this little area and and it's a valuable skill set i used to sort of brush oh it's just sewing it's you know isn't that nice but it's actually more than that it's it's a really strong set of skills that i've worked really really hard to get good at and i seem to have the ability to break that down into little manageable bites so that a project that at first looks completely overwhelming to the someone with maybe very average sewing skills is actually quite attainable. And being online has just elevated that because I can teach better online than I can in person. Um, maybe Jorgen will go into a bit of how we set up our technology for this, but, um, it is just changed everything. And the feedback we get from students who've known me for 20 years who, and, and of course you can't replicate that in person, you know, person to person feeling that you get. Um, and I do miss that. I have dear friends all over the country that have come through sewing, but, um, as if, if you're just wanting to learn how to do something and learn how to do it really well, we are way more effective doing it online like this. Gail, I think you really touched on something that is quite common um, uh, amongst probably every entrepreneur or individual considering taking this leap, but probably more so those who don't. And that's the specific statement that you brought up of, uh, you know, a while back, at least you were in this place to where you didn't really feel like you had something of value. Uh, can you Can you share like, what did it take for that to click that you really had something? Um, it took the experience of, of the last two years of building this business. Um, I, I, you know, I probably get emotional, but um, it, it's the combination of Jorgen's vision. Um, my son, Morgan, who you saw earlier, he's, he really keeps the trains running here on my end. My older brother who lives in Canada has helped with all... He's a businessy guy. I've got another daughter who helps. Um, it, that is when I've started to believe that, that this is viable, that this wasn't just a little bit of good luck right at the beginning, that um, we've got quite a lot to offer and we're just getting started. 
And I imagine that for you, Jargon, like that, that was, it would probably was nothing less than obvious that there was something there with your aunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I always, so I recognized that engagement that she had on the stuff she would post. Right. And I, and I always believed there was something there, but I didn't truly Jared understand like the level to which Gail's sewing talent is world-class. And, and having immersed myself in this sewing community uh, for the last two years and having gotten to know lots of people in this space, Gail's the best. She's literally, she is literally the best. And we have people that say that comment on the things we post on social media. And they say, Gail Doan is the Michael Jordan of heirloom sewing, or they post goat emojis, right? Like, like she's, she's truly amazing. Like her talent is world-class and you know, she's got the 15 or 20 magazine covers and the published books to prove it. But, um, I mean, the, the, the proof is in the success of the business and the response of the customers. Yeah. I mean, for those listening, I'm sure that there are others that that are in this position. Anything that either of you could think of that you would maybe like just looking back on it on it today, it it, it always appears obvious when you you have the customers in the bank and you're like, you know, I've got the published books, as you mentioned, I'm on the magazine covers. But for the person who's sitting there saying that, like, you know, I, I, I don't I still don't think I have it. What would you what would you tell your earlier self to just reinforce that confidence, I guess, is you have to take the leap. You have to, and, and I am the person, I am the least likely person to leap. So I really get that mindset of, and especially something in the arts, like these dresses are personal to me. Um, and so to put it out there and, and be open to critique possibly, or um, people, who do she think she is, um, kind of comments. Um, and you have to be a little bit braced for that. I feel like I've gotten, I feel like we've had lots, mostly positive feedback, but I, um, I, I get your question. Um, and, and you have to just close your eyes and hit send. That's what I always say when I have to like type a hard email or, or put something out there. You get it already and you look at it and you fuss about it and you think, Oh, I'm not really good enough for this. Just close your eyes and hit send. If you never put it out there, you'll never know. You will never know. I love that. That's like that's a quote that deserves like a, a, a picture on the wall. Close your eyes and hit send. <laughs> Anything to add to that jargon? Yeah, the the thing I would say is that like to to run a successful business like this, you need to do two things. One, you need from from the technical and the business side, which is where I can speak from. You need to be learning, right? So I've I've been obsessed with learning for a long time. I've been obsessed with learning about online businesses. I've read loads of books. I've dissected loads of other businesses, but the other piece of learning is executing, right? And you're not really going to learn unless you start executing. And then once you start executing, like every time you take a step, the next step's going to take you further than you, than the first step could have, because you've already executed and you've already taken a few steps. We could have never gotten to where we are now, where we only sell pre-recorded classes um, sometimes with hundreds of, of registrations if we hadn't started with the face-to-face ones. Right. And so, so like learning is part of it, but executing is the second half of that learning journey. And you can't, you can't, you're never going to get anywhere unless you start executing. I love that. I have a feeling I, I know maybe the next, next phase of this, but I, I do want to hear it from you. You, so you start with, uh, or you, you navigate to conducting these webinar format classes. Uh, what happened next? Did you, did you reach capacity? What kind of inspired you to continue? 
continue to innovate and, and actually move into like pre-recorded courses? Yeah, I can, I can speak to that a little bit. So uh, after we did our first webinar course, and we, uh, we did that webinar on Zoom, and we had the recording, we had a bunch of people who had wanted to come and attend, but they couldn't attend for schedules or for, for other reasons. Uh, and so it made really obvious sense to take that webinar recording to put it into a Kajabi project product. First, everyone that attended live, we grant, we granted them access to it for free, right? So we said, you, you attended live, here's the recording of the webinar. Now you have the access to this forever. So that, that was unexpected. And that delighted that customer base uh, massively because now they have, they can reference that forever. But what we also did is we created an offer in Kajabi and we said, Hey, you know, if you weren't able to make it, but you're interested in, in learning this content, it's now available as a, you can, you can buy the recording. You can, you can take this in an online course. Um, and so we, it kind of just happened naturally. It just made sense. Uh, and then, and then I think speaking for Gail, maybe a little bit, it's much more challenging to teach live than it is to have the time and the space to record the content beforehand. And so, so that is just a much easier for format for her to deliver in. And we can, we can break it out into much into smaller modules and rather, rather than have it being like a big four hour block. Uh, and so, you know, we, we launched our first course in July. We did that first webinar in September. And by January, we were launching our first pre-recorded, totally ready to go online course. Um, so it was, it was a pretty quick timeline where we were, you know, learn, pivot, learn, pivot. Uh, and once we launched that first pre-recorded class, we were like, yeah, this is it. Like, this just makes sense. Tell us a little bit more about the the, the success there. And, and any, uh, did you have expectations in terms of like, sales numbers, adoption, anything that like in, in where did you end up landing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good question. So I think, let me think here. So, so that first webinar, we did 275 registrations. Um, let me, I'm going to pull out my calculator here. I can't, can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but that would have been about, that would have been about 16,000. We probably did close to 20,000 after we sold the recording on that, on that webinar. And then we launched our first pre-recorded course January. And I think that did around 13 or 14 right off the bat. But the real kicker was, um, you know, three or four months and, and through this whole time period, right? Like our people keep joining our email list. People are posting about us in sewing groups. Like we're, we're continuously gaining more, more momentum, more traction, more opt-ins on our list. Um, so we launched that course in January and then by, by April or May, I promoted it again and we sold another five or $8,000. And we realized like, wow, like you can, like once you, this is pre-recorded, you can sell it forever. You can put it on sale. You can run. I was running Facebook ads, all, all kinds of different stuff. Other people were promoting it. And we just like, like the value of that evergreen asset is just so much more than something that exists in a fixed, fixed point in time. Definitely, definitely. And, and just as a reminder for all of our listeners, all of this stemmed from a, essentially a thousand person email list. Can you can you share a little bit more uh, about like the next phases of the marketing strategy that you applied? Did did you continue to just nurture that email list? Or did you begin to gravitate towards other other mechanisms to start bringing in more customers? Yeah, so, so our focus since then, um, since that first class in, in January, has pretty much Gail's been nose to the grindstone producing and releasing new, new classes. And that's a ton of work. Like I, I can't, I don't even understand it, but I, and I know that I could only probably underestimate how much work it truly is to put together, together one of these classes. Sometimes she'll sew five dresses in the process of recording the content. And the, and these are dresses that can take, you know, 20, 40 more 
hours to put together. So there's, there's hundreds of hours being poured into these courses, but we just basically then got into a pattern of uh, producing a new course and then running a big product launch. And, and over time we experimented a little bit and we figured out what worked well for us in launching new products. And, and I can walk through a few, few of our learnings there. So one is, um, with the, the only, the only downside to a pre-recorded class versus an in-person like webinar class is that with an in-person webinar class, that's at a fixed point in time, there's a compelling reason to purchase now, right? Like you need to purchase now because this event is happening at a specific time with a, with a pre-recorded class, that same reason to purchase doesn't really exist because it's easy for somebody to say, okay, well I'm interested in that. Maybe I'll buy that later when I'm ready to do that course. And so what we found is that we need to do like a significant product launch with a time bound discount, because that is a forcing function for people to make a decision about whether they want to purchase this class, right? If we, if we, you know, launch a class at 179, but we put it down to 149 for the first week, like that's going to compel all the people who are interested to purchase at that time. We've kind of trained our audience that, that the best available price is available at launch. So, so that's absolutely one is time bound discounts on a product launch. And we've also had a lot of success working with other creators in the sewing space. Um, so there's, there's a really popular fabric shop, um, called farmhouse fabrics that runs a twice a week, twice a week live stream that has pretty good viewership. Um, Gail's had a close relationship with them for a long time. And what, what we found is, is a significant boost to the interest and the registrations that we have in a course when they talk about it and, and they're great friends of ours and they're great about promoting um, promoting the classes that Gail's releasing. So sometimes if there's a physical garment, we'll send the physical garment in the mail to them. They'll talk about it on their live stream. Uh, and that's been a great touch point. Uh, and, and having learned from that, we then kind of delved into influencer where we built a large, you know, list of, and, and these aren't, this is a small space, right? So these, these creators that exist in heirloom sewing, they're not massive accounts, right? They're, you know, 1000, 2000, 5,000 follower accounts. Um, and we've had great success with having them promote our courses. Uh, the basic go-to-market motion that, that we use there is that we'll reach out to somebody like that in advance of a, of a course launch. And, and, and the general gist of the message we send is this, Hey, um, Gail's got an upcoming course release. It's on such and such topic. We think it's going to be a great contribution to the sewing community for these reasons. We love you and we love your content. We think you have a hugely valuable uh, contribution to the sewing community. We would love to give you pre-release access to this course for free at no cost to you. Uh, take a look at what's in there. There's no obligation to go through it all. But if you like what's in there, if you feel that it adds value to the sewing community, we'd love to have you say something about it. Uh, and we've had really, really good success with uh, a lot of people saying really nice things and promoting our courses to their audience. Amazing thing about that strategy, it's a zero cost strategy, right? We're giving away registrations to an online course. There's no incremental dollar cost on a, on an influencer strategy like that. Love that. Love that. And I, I, I'm curious, Gail, did you continue plugging away at your own social, uh, social media? Did you see your following continue to boom and blow up as you kind of became more successful in the market? So as, as we started this in, I guess that January course launch, um, Jorgen encouraged me to set up a, we have a Facebook page called heirloom sewing with Gail Dillon, I think it is. Um, and, and we've got quite an active group on there. Um, I have started an Instagram honest answer. Um, I, I, it doesn't really 
excite me, interest me to just be posting content all the time. I, I'm much happier with a needle <laughs> in my hand. And so um, I'm just, I'm not really the right person for that. And, and that's another point that I think is worth bringing up to people who are thinking of going this route of trying to start an online business is you have to really know your own limitations. And, and I know I'm not the, you know, the singing, dancing TikTok girl. Um, that's just not me. It's never going to be me. You have to be who you are. You have to be what you personally are good at. So, um, no, I'm kind of a dismal failure on social media. Again, I, I know I'm singing Jorgen's praises here, but it's all true. He, found an intern through a college uh, program he graduated from who has or who did take over the task of putting together content and posting it. And it made me really happy because that was one other thing that I didn't really want to do. And she was really good at. So you if you can tap into people who have skill sets other than your own, it's a huge boost to getting started because there's so many factors that go into making this work and you can't be everything to everybody. So you really like you've been touching on this throughout the entire conversation. Like you really put together a powerhouse team. You talked about your family being tight knit and it's got it's gotten even more tight knit. But I think that you know, without you you directly saying this, like for anyone listening, it's like uh, if you're the Gale in the situation, it's about finding your jargon, finding that person to kind of help out and kind of complete the circle. Without question, um, that the, absolutely none of this would have happened without the skill sets that all these different people who really just by luck. I mean, this, I did not sit down with a paper and pencil and think I'm going to be an entrepreneur and here's who I'm going to sign up to help me do that. Like it, it was, it just evolved. Um, and, uh, sort of straying off that topic a little bit, but going back to what Jorgen was talking about, about the online classes, we found there's a, quite a difference between releasing a class that is project specific, like make this specific dress for a size two to eight girl. So limitations are, unless you're just sewing for the fun of it, you have to have a size for a girl that you want to make a dress for. The materials for this kind of sewing tend to be quite expensive. So it's not something you want to just jump in and do and, and, and not have it be uh, a good outcome. So we have released two, I guess you could say three courses that are not in any way project driven. Their technique classes and probably our most successful one, we've called it Smocking 101. And it turns out that smocking is not a dying art. It's not just something old ladies do. There is a whole contingent of young, super interesting, super um, talented, different set of eyes, young women coming up. Um, that while they might not want to be 
styling a dress exactly like I would in a super traditional manner, they see the skill set and they're like, oh, I want that. And I'm going to apply it in this way and put my own signature on it. And, and I think Jorgen has done a really great job of marketing to that younger demographic that maybe would have looked at this as just something old ladies do and has put a new spin on it. I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, it's exciting to hear because I do feel like we're in a phase to where, like, I even wonder for my own children, like there's maybe the, I don't know, the loss of the arts, like the loss of hands-on activities kind of being replaced by hands-on a phone or hands-on a mouse. So. Absolutely. If I can jump on in on a couple of things here, I, I, you're absolutely right. You're hitting, you're hitting an important, important nail on the head and, and, you know, the significance of the existence of this business, what started out as a way for Gail to, you know, pay the rent and keep the lights on, as she said, has become about so much more than that and has really become about preserving a lot of this precious knowledge and these skills that she's developed into a new generation of sewists. And and that's really like a beautiful and a meaningful thing. And people really connect with that part of what this business represents. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's one of those things to where I think like no matter what technology brings to the table, like there's, there's something about, even if it's not sewing, there's something about having your hands on something and having that skill that you can do. I say that mostly out of like, I feel like I can't do anything. Like I don't even change the own, my own oil in my car. Uh, I need to, I need a course on that one. I should find that. If it's all right, Jared, I'd like to go in a little bit on um, how we arrived at launching Smocking 101 as a course, because I I think there's some valuable insights in kind of the process we went through there. So uh, as we, you know, we'd released two or three pre-recorded classes at this point, uh, and we were, you know, continuously kind of thinking about what is the next thing that we're going to release or what what courses should we be teaching? Um, and, And we did a variety of different things. Um, to, to try to understand the market and understand where the opportunities were. And so, so we did some audience surveying, right? We sent surveys out to our customers and just asked them what they wanted to learn. We got some, some good insights that way. Um, and then I think there's also kind of no substitute for just kind of being in it day to day. So reading comments in the Facebook group, interacting with people, reading comments in other places, reading the emails that come in from customers, as you process a bunch of that data, you really start to get a, get a feel for the pulse of your audience and you just kind of know them, you have a sense for them. Um, but, but the other thing, and so, so kind of as, as we're going through some of those things, I started to recognize a pattern around people being interested in learning the basics of smocking, right? So a lot of the projects that Gail would teach would be smock dresses or some other garment that has some smocking on it. Um, and a lot of people are like, Hey, that's really cool. I would love to just learn how to smock. Uh, And I started to look kind of go deep on this topic. And I was looking at, you know, organic Google keyword data related to smocking as a topic versus other um, skills in sewing. And I was looking at um, things like videos on video tutorials on YouTube and how many views were they getting for smocking versus something like French hand sewing or versus um, specific embroidery stitches. And, and, it, and it became really, really clear that there was this huge cluster of organic demand around smocking as a topic. And so I brought that topic to Gail and I said, Hey, I think it would be really cool to teach a smocking 101 class. And Gail said, You know, I, I absolutely could do that. It's not really what I have done historically. Um, it is kind of, it's, it's a little bit more beginner. Um, we kind of went back and forth and, and she agreed and, and 
to Gail's credit, a month later, she's recorded 12 hours of video and written a 100 page ebook, the, the most comprehensive resource that's ever existed on the topic of smocking. Uh, and, and that product launch blew up. Uh, you just made an incredible point there. I didn't I didn't say this earlier, but if you're the listener and you're the jargon in the situation, it sounds like you need to find your Gale too. <laughs> I made the inverse point, but <laughs> if I could find someone to put, produce 12 hours of content, the <laughs> most sophisticated ebook on the planet, oh my goodness, what a dream. <laughs> I think that, that segues really well into... The question that I, I I love parting on, if you will, but what has we've talked about so many of these things throughout this journey? I mean, Gail, you went from you didn't you, a place where you maybe didn't even have the confidence in your own skill set to like truly understanding the value that you're bringing to the world. Uh, Jorgen, you went from I know you're still in your day job, but you went from like probably having no sewing experience. I'm just guessing. I don't know if you probably didn't know what smocking is to having a an encyclopedia of of sewing terms available at your disposal. Um, um, and really like proving out, I, I think, I don't know, but I think this was maybe your first venture into an online business entrepreneurship, like really proving out a skill set that maybe you didn't know you had. So the question that I have for you both really is what what for you has changed as a result of, of taking this leap? Uh, what's different about your life uh, had you not have went on this journey? Well, I mean, from the obvious, from a financial standpoint, it's been a complete game changer. But from a inner confidence, a, oh my gosh, we can actually do this um, standpoint and a realization that my skills are valuable. I, I have never felt that as strongly as I do now because of the launch of this online business. And and I, I think I said this before, but it's um, it's just become this remarkable little family um, unity thing. Um, it, it it goes so much deeper than just oh yay we made some money. Um, it, it's it's a whole lot more than that. Well, thank you both for taking the time out of your day. Uh, I mean, it sounds like for you, both of you, I mean, I imagine Gail's probably spending 12 hours a day sewing and you've got the job and the two kids, which I also have two kids, so I know how that goes. <laughs> uh, really appreciate you taking some time to spend this with our listeners, share the story of inspiration. Thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Again, incredible time together. Uh, that is all we have for you, our listeners today on this week. Uh, we will look forward to chatting with you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. 